Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and we are at Extra Innings. Today is September 9th, and we're very excited. Today we have Marley Breakstone, who is with Catholics for Choice, and we are looking forward to a fantastic conversation. Hi, Marley. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. We're glad you're here, and joining me today is co-hosts are... Hi, my name is Kamala, and uh, I'm from Red Cloaks. Hello, my name is Martha, and I'm from Boston Red Cloaks. How did Catholics for Choice get started? And in what ways are today's actions similar to those that first established the organization? Yeah, um, so Catholics for Choice was originally founded in the mid-1970s. So we've been working to lift up the voices of pro-choice Catholic people and defend true religious liberty for over 40 years now. Um, so at Catholics for Choice, we strive to lift up the voices of the majority of Catholics who we know are pro-choice because of their faith, not in spite of it. Some really shocking statistics is that the United States is home to 70.5 million people, only 267 of whom are bishops. So the idea to say that the bishops could possibly speak for all Catholic people is just a little bit ridiculous, we think. Um, and we're really here to lift up the voices of the individual people who make up the church and the Catholic communities around the country and the world. Um, and to really remind people that the bishops do not speak for all Catholics on a lot of issues, but especially those related to sexual and reproductive health and rights. CFC has worked to advocate with pro-choice Catholics on all levels. So everything from small community level to local towns, states, and all the way up to the federal level. Um, we do all that we can as a pretty small organization with a really big, powerful network to make as much of an impact at every level that we can, because whether you're at the top of an organization or just a normal person walking around, um, it's important to hear the message and really understand that the bishops don't speak for all Catholic people, and Catholic people are diverse, as are their views and opinions on a lot of these important issues. Okay, very good. So uh, how can people get connected to Catholics for Choice? Awesome question. Um, so my role at CFC, I'm the domestic program associate, and I have the really awesome opportunity to get to work with our activist base. Um, so that's the people around the country, the everyday Catholics, who we really work with to build community and help amplify their voices, um, both locally and very publicly. So one way to get involved is to reach out to me directly. Um, I can have my email included with some information, but I am the person who really works to connect the organization with the actions. Um, and I'd be very excited to help you set up to take any sort of action. So do you have to be a Catholic to, to participate on the organization? Do you get help if you're not Catholic or if you become, come from another faith? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so while it's important that we work with our base of pro-choice Catholic people and help them to take action and lift up their voices, it's just as important that we have recognition, solidarity, and allies with people outside of the Catholic faith as well. So an important principle that Catholicism um, focuses on and that Catholics for Choice really likes to lift up is that of true religious liberty, which means that um, religious liberty should really be an expansive idea rather than a restrictive one. 
So while Catholics are driven by their conscience, which is God's little whisper in your ear, sort of telling you what's right and wrong for you to do, and you're obligated to follow your conscience, we also recognize that everyone has to follow their own conscience and be set up with that which they need to be able to do that. So while you have to follow your own conscience, it's also very wrong to deny other people the right to follow theirs. So people of all faiths can play a role in really highlighting religious liberty and the importance of it, because not everyone is Catholic, and we know that not everyone's life or values are driven by a Catholic upbringing. So we really dream of a society where people are able to follow their faith, their values, and act on their pro-choice um, views that they've really developed because of their faith, not in spite of it. Oh, very good. So um, if you go to church, is there any way to know uh, about, is there any pamphlet with information about Catholics for Choice or how can you get a hold of you? I mean, there are thousands and thousands of churches in the United States, but mm -hmm. uh, how can people, especially young women, be, will be able to get a hold of you? Because one of the things is that abortion, taking a pill, and all those reproductive rights that a woman should have are not a thing that priests would talk during mass or anybody would talk, would talk at church so openly. So how can we get more, or are you, make, are you doing something for the churches to let them know that there is this group? As you referred to, the churches often um, side with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, which is a political arm of the bishops in really pushing an agenda which is often conservative and that's the messaging that people often hear in the church coming from the pulpit. So it's no secret that anti-abortion opponents in Massachusetts have circulated a lot of misinformation and created a lot of harm in Massachusetts by using our churches and our town meetings as a platform for spreading these really ghastly lies about a piece of legislation that's actually really important and helpful and the brave moral leaders who work to support the Roe Act. So when our partners in Massachusetts asked us to help work with them to ensure that legislators know the inherent dignity of each person um, by ensuring equitable access to reproductive health care services, including abortion services for all people in Massachusetts, that was kind of a no-brainer for us. But a lot of our work um, isn't directly set in the church itself. So we know that the hierarchy, which is made up of the bishops, have their own set of views, their own set of opinions, and they'd like to think that those are representative of all Catholics, but we know that that's just not the case. And we found that church reform itself is often way behind the times in terms of catching up with the Catholic people with their opinions. So Catholic people are actually fairly progressive. The majority of them are pro-choice, we vote in progressive ways, and we really vote our conscience on all important matters, as I was saying. So the churches, although they're important community places for Catholics, aren't necessarily where we're working to have our messaging because there's such an influx of messaging from the other side that's so blatantly coming from the pulpit. 
So what we do at Catholics for Choice is be more focused on the Catholic people, the ones who make up the community rather than the hierarchy itself to really build the community um, and make sure that their voices are amplified. The answer to that is that there isn't really an easy answer to know whether your church is progressive or has a progressive community within it. Um, a lot of that comes down to individual interactions or your individual relationship with whoever is teaching in front of you. Um, but a good way to come into contact with Catholics for Choice is either to email me directly, to email the general CFC email that's on our website, or you can also connect to us on social media. Um, Catholics for Choice has a huge presence on both Twitter and Facebook, and that's one of the avenues through which we both connect with activists um, and really strengthen those relationships to help make sure that people both in Massachusetts and beyond know that Catholic people are pro-choice and that the bishops don't speak for us. Since you mentioned the ROAC, what is your, what is the take of uh, Catholics for Choice towards the ROAC and why is it important to you? Catholics for Choice is entirely in support of the ROE Act, and we know that Massachusetts needs the ROE Act to help support and protect the health, rights, safety, and conscience of every person in the state, no matter their faith. So the fact of the matter is that Massachusetts is a state with a huge Catholic presence. Um, there are nearly 2.8 million Catholics who call Massachusetts home, making up 41% of the state's total population. So that's a lot of Catholics. And anti-abortion opponents in Massachusetts have circulated a lot of misinformation, as I was saying, often in very public places. So it's really important that we work to speak out to let people know that the Roe Act is there to protect people, to protect women and children, and to provide necessary health care to everyone who needs it. So 2.8 million residents in Massachusetts are Catholic. Is that what you just said? Yep, there are nearly 2.8 million Catholics in the state of Massachusetts, and that's 41% of the state's total population. Yeah, when we talk about there being a very strong history here with the Catholic Church, it is not just history, it is a current relationship. You know, we've learned that on Ash Wednesday, ashes are still given out at the State House, which certainly, Martha always laughs because I find it so surprising. Right? Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, and I could say that that would never happen in the town that I grew up in. Um, but in such a Catholic state, that's not surprising in Massachusetts to me. It goes against religious liberty um, and every principle that a state house operates on. Because, you know, outside the state house, there's Anne Hutchinson and Mary Dyer, who were both persecuted for their religion, and their statues are outside. The Catholic presence is omnipresent in Massachusetts. I can tell you that when I'm in the state, if I'm looking for it, I will always feel like I'm in a Catholic state. Maybe I was just going to comment that Massachusetts gave the United States its first Catholic president. So the, that's one of the things that makes Catholics so strong here in the state. It is possible. I mean, you, you would think maybe the reaching the highest office in the land for the church might be something you want to continue to invest and support candidates who are also Catholic. It's possible. When you talk about the teaching of the church being this idea that you have to listen to your conscience, that is really interesting. I want to, we'll bring it back to the Roe Act. Ma, did you, you had the next question. This is Kamla. So I just have a question. I just wanted to clarify, hoping to legislature will pass the Roe Act 
during this unusual session, hopefully before Thanksgiving, what do you see as the main challenges? Because sometimes I go to Unitarian Church, we see all the other religion too, not only Catholic, Jewish, Catholic, and in a process. That's the reason I'm just curious. Could you just explain to me, please? Yeah, so I think that one of the biggest challenges in us right now um, that we're facing in terms of getting the ROW Act passed this year in the time frame that we wanted to is really timing. So we yeah. kind of have everything working against us in terms of session being unusual to begin with. It's the end of the year, so they're kind of focusing mostly on just big budget things. Um, most bills that they're taking up are directly related to COVID right now. Plus, the virtual aspect of anything makes it even more difficult to just get a large amount of things done in the legislature. Um, so a lot of the challenges are really just timing. I can tell you that something that's not a challenge is interest from legislators on speaking about these issues and speaking to Catholics and Catholics for Choice specifically about the ROAS. So last year, my boss and I, Glenn, where we met with legislators and had lobby meetings, we met with partners, um, we had a happy hour with legislators and activists, and we did a lot of um, research and handed out materials as well. And the one thing I took away from that trip is that we weren't able to meet with every legislator who wanted to meet with us. So people really do know that this is an important issue and this is an important issue to Catholics and that Catholics really are a deciding factor on issues of reproductive health, um, at least when it comes to public opinion, because as we said, Massachusetts is a very Catholic state. So you just can't really ignore the influence in that on people's opinions and on the makeup of legislative districts, because Catholics are everywhere in the state. There are so many things we need to get done right now, and we're living in such a wild and scary time that it's just impossible for everything important to get done in such a short timeline. So we're really hoping that the Roe Act um, and all its importance and how essential it is in Massachusetts can take priority and make it through as fast as we can. When we look at the impacts of COVID right now, for a woman who is not able to either afford healthcare or have access to a job, can't afford to keep her rent, it puts her in a very difficult place to carry forward a pregnancy that you know she can't afford or where there's health risks. Do you have any sense of within Catholics for Choice, with, within Catholics in Massachusetts, if there are portions of the Roe Act that they are more in support of, or if there are areas that um, if they were amended, there would be more support for? Or do you feel that the act, the way it's written, has sufficient support from, as you said, maybe not bishops, but from practicing individual members of the community who happen to also be Catholic? So we support the act as it's written, honestly. We think it's very strong and don't really seek to make any concessions to the other side in trying to get it passed, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to give up any of the important aspects of this bill just to get it passed, but have it passed in a weaker form. So we're proudly in support of the bill as it's written. Every aspect of it helps to defend religious liberty and protect the conscience of people in Massachusetts who are seeking health care for any amount of reasons that only they know themselves. 
Um, and we're proud of the legislators who have worked on this important legislation, as well as our partners on the ground in Massachusetts who are doing everything they can to make sure that people of Massachusetts are taken care of um, and that they can live out their values in every way and be able to have a healthy life in Massachusetts. Ultimately, when a woman is in the position of deciding what she's going to do about a pregnancy, the church would teach her to pray. And going to your earlier point, in that time where she is in, in prayer and she is communicating with God and figuring out what she should do, I hear you saying that a path will be laid out for her. She will work that out in her direct relationship. And that, you know, the bishops having a one size fits all solution is not what the majority of Catholics embrace. Am I taking away the right understanding? Yeah, absolutely. So Catholics, like everyone else, are first and foremost people. So we're humans that have our own values, our own experiences, and our own core people that we trust and choose to consult in when we make these important decisions. For some people, that's through prayers. Some people talk to their clergy, their family, their friends. But the bishop's saying that there's one-size-fits-all solution to this difficult situation that women might find themselves in is just woefully out of touch. Um, we know that individual Catholic people make their own private decisions for their own private reasons, and a lot of that has to do with their faith values. But we also know that we don't know anyone's private situations or decisions, so we need to support women when they make these difficult decisions rather than meet them with stigma or shame. And that stigma is really powerful because if you choose to carry forward the pregnancy, it's visible, people tend to see that. If you choose to end a pregnancy and you're told by the church leaders that you will go to hell and that you are a bad person, it does keep people very silent. And the more people are silent, the fewer other people know who they could reach out to or look up to for having made a similar choice. Um, are there any next steps on reducing the stigma nationwide within within Catholics for Choices efforts to change how people perhaps recognize the up-to-date version of how Catholics see themselves? Yeah, um, so one project that we're working on at Catholics for Choice that really does a lot to help fight the stigma is one called um, Faithful Providers. So we're working with people from all over the world who work in the area of abortion provision. And that doesn't necessarily mean just doctors. It's everyone from the doctors to the nurses to the people at the front desk to the janitor who sweeps up the clinic at the end of the night. Because these people who come to this work do so with their faith values close to them. And they do so because of their faith, not in spite of it. So we really just seek to remind people that they can hold their faith close when they're doing this work um, and really bust stigma by having people come out and proudly say, I am a person of faith, I do do this work, and I'm proud of it, and the two aren't in conflict. So while the bishops and leaders of churches are not afraid to take up that shame and stigma messaging that they love to do, um, they do that very publicly. They use it as a tactic often, and we're in the opposite boat. Where we like to support people, nurture our community, and make sure that everyone knows that Catholics can be so choice and can live out those values or things.
We really appreciate your taking time to meet with us today. It is a fascinating topic, very important to understand, not just in Massachusetts, but also in terms of looking at what is happening with reproductive and sexual health across the country. Um, thanks for spending time with us today, Marley. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marley. Have a great day. Thank you, Marley. Have a great day. Have a great day.